Welcome to the SaaS Ad Lab podcast where we interview the entrepreneurs of SaaS companies. And uh, my name is Luis. I'm the owner and founder of Phantom Agency, a digital marketing agency specializing in scaling SaaS companies. And today we have the pleasure of interviewing Matt. He's the founder of Present and My Credits. And he's got a pretty, pretty big background. And uh, I'll let him touch on that a little bit more. Uh, first, why don't we get to, to the discount part and tell us a little bit more about the discount that you have going on for uh, Prestamand. Yeah, of course. So uh, Prestamand, we launched uh, a few months ago. We've been getting all the bugs out and getting uh, everything all ready to go. We've been uh, onboarding several uh, media sources. So we have 150 verified trusted media sources, uh, Entrepreneur Inc., you know, some of the big ones that are on there. And what we're doing is we're allowing business owners to pitch to those media sources. So what we're doing is uh, for the first 100 people that come on and buy the platform, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me of exactly what number we're at, but we have a few spots left at 997 for the year. And for that, you would get unlimited pitches to all these media sources for the entire year. So the value is just outstanding for that right now. So uh, we'd be more than happy to share that with your listeners. Awesome. Uh, really appreciate you doing that. And uh, why don't we talk a little bit more about your background and some of the things that you've been able to accomplish so far? Yeah, for sure. So uh, I started in actually radio. Uh, that was my original background. And this was like 2003 when I was on air for the rock station and you know, uh, that, that's what I thought my life was going to be, right? Uh -huh. So I thought radio was going to be the thing. And, you know, come to find out you have to stay ahead of technology. And, you know, I was kind of on the back end of that curve. So uh, <laughs> people, people would start coming in and they would say, you know, oh, do you know how to build a website? I'm like, sure, maybe I'll figure out how to do it. You know, I'll figure it out. And then that progressed into, you know, hey, do you know how to rank in search engines? I'm like, all right, I'll figure it out. And then the social media thing came out and I'm like, all right, I'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of been my entire career is like one thing after the other. Uh, started an agency and then when the crash happened in 2006, 2007, I started finding that business owners weren't really investing in their businesses. They were kind of like holding on to their money and really not investing into new websites or marketing, digital marketing for sure. Uh, you know, they were really staying tight with their money. So I'm like, all right, I, I got to go work for a company. I, I, can't, I can't just keep marketing and living here in Florida. Uh, I have to go uh, find a company. So I actually found a uh, software company to go and work for, a SaaS company, uh, based out of New York City. And I moved up there for an interview and I ended up helping to build them to over 65 million subscribers, which was nuts. So it was really awesome in uh, 2008 through 2013 to get to manage a multi-million dollar a month ad campaign, uh, just being able to just pump traffic to promotions mm -hmm. and sweepstakes and all sorts of things to sign people up. And uh, it was just insane seeing 65,000 active subscribers sign up to a platform, a software like that, paying 19 bucks a month. I'm like, this is it. Like, this is what I was meant to do. Like, I was meant to build software. I was meant to do this. Like, I didn't even know it at the time. I got hired as a graphic designer and, you know, my graphics just sucked. I was terrible at graphic design. But come to find out, I was really good at marketing. I was really good at, you know, advertising and so forth. So uh, I, I started a, a platform uh, coming off of that in 2013 called Dollar Website Club. We started signing up a bunch of people and I thought, hey, you know, this is a genius idea. You can get a website for $1. No one's doing this. Well, come to find out all the SEO people out there in the world were like, that's genius, a super fast server that we can host, you know, yeah. all these link backs. So it turned into like this link farm, like this, uh, you know, SEO link farm. I'm like, whoa, 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 no, no, no. The whole point of this was you pay the dollar and then you get the upsells. They're like, oh, we don't need it. All we need to do is put one article up and we'll pay a right. buck for it. I'm like, oh my goodness. I just built a giant link farm. Uh -huh. So there are like thousands of sites going up and I'm just like, all right, this isn't going to work. So I uh, took that platform down. I'm like, all right, we're going to have to do something. So I launched my academy and I was helping some folks out with marketing, help some coaches build to multiple seven figures. And I'm like, what, what's my game plan? Like, what is it that I want to do? And then it hit me. Uh, I, I wanted to build this platform called My Credits. And uh, what that platform is, is the ability to pay your customers instead of paying Google, YouTube, and Facebook. 
I want to pay my customers for their loyalty. I don't want to continue paying Facebook and Google and all these other platforms to retarget to my customers so they see my content, right? Mm -hmm. I would rather pay that, that money directly to my customer. So I built the first loyalty platform that pays money directly back to the customer uh, and retargets them basically with videos. So I incentivize people to watch videos. And as a coach, I have all of my coaching content. I'm the first coach on the planet to pay their people, pay their students to watch my videos. I will actually pay you to learn from me. So uh, it's, it's just incredible. So we've been testing this platform and it's working. It's reporting back and I'm seeing that people are buying. So people are coming in, watching my videos, seeing that they can make purchases from me as well, earn more credits, and that gives them credits uh, back at the end of the month It turns into dollars. So I'm paying back uh, money to all of my people for engaging wow. with my product. So uh, we've been running this for a couple months now, just testing it on my platform. Uh, my customers are, are loving it. Like they're just like, oh, I'm earning more credits today. I'm learning and earning credits. So it's like turning into like this, this thing that my customers are getting crazy about. And so we're going to start launching this slowly to a couple more coaches so we don't break the software and uh, just let them start using it. And then, uh, uh, you know, just go from there and see where this thing grows and, you know, see how we can build uh, uh, digital loyalty for customers. So that's one application. And then our roadmap is opening the API so software owners can start rewarding for events inside of their software as well. So that's something we're really excited about as well for uh, software owners to be able to use that. Very cool. Uh, that's a lot of things going on in your life. Definitely a lot of things accomplished, right? Um, yeah. and some of these things are pretty massive, essentially. And one of the questions that I had here was, how long did it take for, for you to realize that you had to take down uh, MyDAR website? Um, yeah. Seeing that these things were happening, was it a couple of months? Was it, you know, a, a couple of years? It was like four months when, uh, when it started getting into like the black hat forums and things like that, where people started learning about different things like that. I was like, that's where we need to take this thing down because it's just, it, it, it's not going to work. It's not going to work in this setting because I really thought that it was going to be for the small business owner to compete with like GoDaddy, compete with Wix, complete, compete with Squarespace. So it was uh, WordPress sites. And I was offering WordPress sites hosting for basically $1 mm -hmm. and uh, that tied to the domain. And then from there they could uh, host, uh, you know, their website on my platform. And it was like all these cloud servers and the CDN and everything was like super fast. So it was, uh, yeah, it was a great place for spammers. So <laughs> I come to find out that uh, I built the perfect spam network. Yeah. And I was like, all right, well, no. <laughs> so that, step back. Where would you think that would be if it was still, if it was still going? Um, I, I guess, I mean, it would have just, my IP would have gotten completely banned from Google and, you know, it just would have been just a nightmare on that front. So, uh, like if I would have built it more, like if I would have known like today, uh, what, you know, go back in time, basically, uh -huh. I, I think I would have fixed it by, um, you know, maybe the dollar is okay, but I, 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 I don't know. I don't know how I would have fixed it. Maybe not offering a dollar because, uh -huh. you know, people had to host real websites and I definitely was only hosting maybe 1% of the network was a real website and 99% were just interesting. Yeah. Nonsense. That's crazy. And, uh, as far as my credits, I think the, the whole model is very, very interesting. And I, I'm wondering exactly, you know, how it works, but I think that, that, and you, and you touched on, you know, creating this digital platform that people can learn from and things like that. And I think that essentially what you, what you're using is instant gratification on a very different level, um, where people are actually getting something, you know, in return for their time that it's valuable to them. Um, compared to something like Facebook or something else, right? Where it's essentially just like some psychological thing going on um, and, and you're actually giving value back. So I like that a lot. Um, what made you come up with the idea for my credits? So I was like, all right, why do I, cause I was running uh, retargeting ads on Facebook. I was like, 
these are my customers. I've already paid to acquire these customers. These, these people buy things from me and mm -hmm. they're my customers. They want to see my content. And this is when Facebook uh, started kind of nuking the organic reach on business pages. And I was like, all right, well, how are we going to continue keeping that out there and keeping that reach out there without having to you know, pay Facebook to, to have my video content seen. So uh, at the time I was managing a page with over a million subscribers on Facebook. And it was so crazy because we would post something up, a video or something, we'd get 100,000 views easy, like mm -hmm. easy, easy, easy. And then we were starting to see that go down to like 15,000 and then less. And it's like, we're not doing anything different. Yeah. Uh, it's just the algorithm is completely, you know, just, just nuked, right? So that's kind of where the thought first came from. And then I was, uh, I, I'm an avid Best Buy user, I guess you could say, because I buy all this, you know, equipment and all this uh -huh. stuff, right? So I love the points. I love the point system you that are. they have and, and so forth. So I wanted to replicate that. I said, I'm a business owner. I, right now at this time, I own seven companies. And I was like, I want to incentivize my customers just like Best Buy does. And, you know, uh, Best Buy is crazy because, you know, what they do, uh, which is another app that I built, by the way, uh, what they do is they'll price match, mm -hmm. right? So they'll price match a price on Amazon, but Amazon doesn't give you the points, right? So what I'll do is I'll price match it and then I'll go to Best Buy and just buy the product. So I actually built an app really just kind of for myself that price matches to Amazon. <laughs> so I, I literally built a price match app on my phone. Uh, it's an iOS app. And uh, I put it up into iTunes so people can use it. It's called Price Match Pro. But literally, I just built it for myself because I go to Best Buy and I got a little scanner so I can scan it and it tells me the Best Buy price. And then all I have to do is just show my phone to the people at Best Buy and they're like, okay, we'll give you that price. And that's it. That's all you have to do. So um, I actually built that app a couple of years ago just because I'm such an avid, you know, uh, uh, points person, right? Yeah. I was like, why can't other e-commerce business owners have points? And why can't I incentivize my people for their time to watch my videos? So we did a little bit of research and we saw that some other companies are starting to figure out how to track video views and we beat them to it. And they're spending like millions of dollars in trying to figure this you know, stuff out. And mm -hmm. we built a platform and it's starting at $27 a month that you can yeah. use our platform, uh, my credits. And that's just for the e-commerce tracking. If you want the e-commerce and the social tracking, it's uh, $49 a month to start. And then it goes up based upon how many active users you have. Very cool. And who, how many people are in the team? Cause there's, it looks like there's a lot of things going on, right? There's obviously um, the company sounds like it's very robust and even yeah started out it, it seems like there's a lot of thought going into these things and you mentioned earlier that you own seven companies so I can't imagine you know the amount of work that you have and uh, I just want to you know understand a little bit more about the the back end and who's all you know in this yeah absolutely so um how we operate is I was running an agency for several years, uh, a social media marketing, uh, you know, business development agency. Mm -hmm. And we were managing about 25 clients, 25 to 30 clients. And just as we started creating our own products, I'm like, well, we're going and we're making these companies millions of dollars, literally millions and millions of dollars. And, uh, you know, we see our uh, clients going and buying like Rolls Royces and McLarens and Ferraris and houses and, you know, boats and all this stuff. And we're just like, we're just getting paid and we're, you know, we're doing all the work. It's wow. like, all right, what's the next step here? Well, you know, we got to build some products. <laughs> so <laughs> we started building products, right? And uh, it started with my credits. That was the first one. And then um, I hired a PR team to start uh, working on my PR and, you know, helping me to get my message out there and get my story out there. And uh, they started landing me like all this press, like left and right. I'm like, wow, I thought that this was going to be a lot more complicated. They're like, no, it's really simple. You just have to know the right people. I'm like, ding. Okay. Uh, we're building a new software platform. So we're going to take the, uh, your contributors and I'm going to put that up online, connect it up through a software system. We're going to let uh, my clients and the people I know pitch to your contributors. So it was like, oh, well, that makes sense. So we ended up building press demand off that. Uh -huh. And then it was just one thing after another. And uh, uh, eventually we started, 
you know, seven companies, I guess, uh, own seven companies. So partnered up with another uh, software developer. We launched a supplement product line. So we have a brain product, brain supplement uh, awesome. that really helps with, you know, doing these 14, 15 hour days. <laughs> so that totally makes sense. And uh, uh, then we have a real estate business because come to find out we're really good at real estate and, you know, we make good money. So why not invest it into real estate, right? Absolutely. And uh, then our third platform, third software platform, is just built off of the same backbone that we have. I'm not really talking about what that is yet. I'm really excited about it, but we're going to debut in March, so maybe we can do some follow-up on that. Definitely. And, uh, we had one other business that just came out of nowhere, and it was like I never expected to get into that. But um, yeah, so something fell on my lap, and I'm like, all right, that's cool. So back to your question. Uh, in terms of our team, we had the team built around managing 25 to 30 clients. So instead of us managing 30 clients, we started whittling down our clients to the point that, you know, we're really just working on our own businesses and working with like two other just big clients okay. that we work with. So essentially so, the same team that was part of the agency that kind yeah. of narrowed its focus on the companies that you guys are now own owners of. Exactly. Because we make a lot more money uh, selling our own products than yeah. we do, you know, selling everyone else's product. And my one, uh, uh, my one partner in the supplement product line reached out and he's like, because uh, I was doing work for him on his, on his software, on his coaching as well. And he's like, I just don't understand why you work for people. <laughs> you're, you're, you're printing me money right now. I yeah. don't understand. And I'm like, okay point taken. Yeah, we're going to start firing everybody. So that's yeah. what we did uh, over this year. It was slow, you know, a slow process of, you know, just kind of letting all the contracts and everything start fizzling out. And uh, yeah, now we're totally focused on our own business and, and so forth. So uh, in terms of our development team, we have full, three full-time developers. We have um, like four QAs, which mm -hmm. is like three of the QAs are doing uh, yeah, just some automation testing on the back end and then one front end QA tester. And then we have um, like four VAs working on our, our platforms and our, our projects doing some manual type work. Uh, two project managers, myself and uh, legal team. And um, I think that's about it. And then we outsource. Uh, so we have some uh, graphic design teams that we, that we go to. Uh, so anytime we need graphics, we go to them. And, um, and then we have some other people that just do some manual work for us, uh, uh, just some, uh, you know, projects here and there. That's awesome, man. That sounds exciting. Yeah. It's what I've always wanted to do. It's, uh, you know, when, when you make a ton of money for other people and then you say, okay, well it's time, it's time for Matt to win. It's time for Matt to, <laughs> you know, make a ton of money. And, uh, it, it was all my years, uh, like I, I was working for the one company up in New York and uh, the, the CEO uh, told me he, I was going to take over that business. He's like, when I get back from vacation, you're taking over this business. He never came back from vacation. He ended up <laughs> passing away actually on vacation. Which oh, is just, so um, yeah, he goes on vacation and, uh, and he passed away and I was like, all right, so now what? And they sold the company. Uh -huh. and I was like, all right, so I guess I'm out. And it's like every single time I've built something up to earn a percentage of it or to, to you know, be a part owner in something, mm -hmm. something always falls apart for right. some strange reason. I, I don't know if it's like some, you know, uh, you know, higher being that's, you know, pulling me out of all these other projects, like mm -hmm. you were meant for bigger or whatever that is. But uh, every single time I've built something and it's gone on to, to do amazing things, something happens. Mm -hmm. So now we're at this point. I am the owner of seven companies. Nothing is falling apart. We don't mind shaking one or two businesses loose as we go. And as we grow, we'll just, we'll just take off. Either I'll hire uh, new CEOs to take over the company and go and run it, or uh, we'll just drop it completely. Mm -hmm. I, I don't care, but uh, it's just... I'm not putting all my eggs in one basket ever again. And uh, I'm, I'm not uh, signing any agreements with anyone that uh, I don't have total control over. That's awesome. That's definitely good. That's any feedback for you know, your, your listeners and for these people like uh, don't, don't, you know, give all the control over to somebody else. Absolutely. And, you know, I think it's difficult to do that too. And I think that's one of the things that a lot of people actually struggle with is it's really, you know, 
letting other people take care of stuff, right? And, and essentially, especially more when you're at a very early stage of the startup and it's, you know, you've been doing everything for so long, whether it's a year or two years, you get used to being, you know, the, the upper hand in everything and taking care of every single thing, whether you have to, you know, send an email out that you don't want to send out or, or going to the bank and doing some type of, you know, whatever type of work you need to go and do there. But essentially you don't feel comfortable letting go and, and delegating because you, most of the time you're going to be the best one at whatever you're doing. But I think there's a point in time where you have to trust someone, right? And obviously to a certain extent, um, but really allowing yourself to, to get that space, like you said earlier too, it's, I don't know if I'm going to have to drop the company or if I'm going to have to hire a CEO or something else, but essentially there's the comes a point in time where those types of decisions have to be made. Yeah. But I think I'll tell you, I, I, I'm the best at delegating. Mm -hmm. Like I, I literally refuse to do anything that does not uh, directly result in massive amounts of revenue for the company. So as you know, I'm very, very focused on that. Like literally I don't get on a call except for, you know, doing stuff like this with you, which I'm really happy to do, but I literally don't get on a call unless it's going to equal at least a thousand dollars in revenue for the company. So like if you do that and as a CEO, if you focus on that and literally your time is worth that much money and if you can turn it into that, you can have a very successful business. Mm -hmm. So everything else is delegated. We have all of our Slack channels and everyone's all connected to it. Everything's built on automation going into Trello. Uh, everything is just 100% automated. So literally I do nothing. Like I'll create, not that I do nothing, but I'll, create a, I'll create a video, right? So if it's a video that needs to, you know, go up on our blog or on one of the pages, they know when I post it up to YouTube, it automatically goes in, uh, you know, goes into Slack and then goes into Trello, creates a note, alerts the person to go and you know, do the transcriptions. They do the transcriptions. The video guy grabs it, does all of his things, sends it to me, and then I'll be able to post it to my social media or uh, my personal, or they'll just post it to all the social media channels without me even doing anything. Goes up to the blog. Everything is completely automated. So wow. literally, not like nothing is hands on. After I post something, they take the video, edit it, make everything you know happen, and that's it. Uh, like you need to build that automation Absolutely. in your staff because that's where the time is most lost. So people say to me all the time, like, oh, Matt, I have absolutely no idea, you know, how you sleep, right? Like, when do you, when are you working? Like, are you just sleeping, uh, just working all the time? And I'm like, no, no, absolutely not. It's just every single one of my staff members is diligently working right now, knowing exactly what it is that they need to be doing. And uh, uh, they don't bring me any nonsense. They have their meetings with me at the beginning of each week. Uh, some people at the beginning, some people at the end. And they have their report that they have to deliver to me and that's it. Like they know what their job is every single day. And uh, the reason why I'm running it like this is because I ran a multi-million dollar company. And wow. so I know what it takes. Like we can be a startup, but I know what it takes to run a multi-million dollar company like that. So uh, it, it just takes all this automation and all this structure. And uh, that's it. I mean, if, if you're working diligently, uh, you can, you can, uh, you know, it looks like you're working 80 hours a, a week, but you know, you're working 40, 50 hours a week, like normal people. And what are some of the things that you find? Um, you know, it looks like there could be a lot of not pressure, but a lot of things going on at the same time. So how do you find essentially what needs your attention at the moment? Right? Because there's so many things going on. How do you pick which ones to work on essentially. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, each company has a sales team, right? So what I do is I focus in on the sales team. I look at their, uh, look at what they're hitting, look at what their numbers are. And then I say, all right, well, how do we improve these numbers? How do we improve our sales? How do we improve these aspects? And then the marketing team, I have the product, uh, uh, project manager on the marketing team. How do we fix these things? How do we fix, you know, the things going on here? Mm -hmm. Then I have a, you know, project manager that's on the software side, right? So they bring me their problems and ask for my decisions. So I make decisions uh, within a 15 to 30 minute block. And that's all the time that they get. And that's it. So it's just uh, fix, 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 fix. Let's meet next week and see what, it, see what happened. Then it's, you know, just do the same thing, fix all the things. If we're improving, then that's good. If we're not improving, 
uh, what do we need? We need to hire more people. We need to spend more money. What is it that we need to do? And uh, everything just moves. Everything moves forward because everyone knows uh, absolutely nothing bottlenecks at me and everything moves forward without me even being involved. So like this week I spent uh, four weeks in Italy. Uh, we got married in Italy and uh, we just traveled around Italy and uh, into France. And, um, you know, I logged in and did my, you know, did my calls with my team and that was it. I literally did nothing else. Uh, didn't create any content. Obviously I didn't have my studio while I was traveling and, um, that was it. I mean, it, it was just, you know, just do my couple calls and the business and everything works without me. And I think that's what, uh, I, I think that's where people mostly mess up is yeah. make it all on themselves and put everything on themselves and they don't delegate but from running a multi-million dollar a month profiting company, as well as, you know, running an agency and running several multi-million dollar companies uh, and running their marketing for so many years, uh, it, just, it just teaches you delegation and it teaches you efficiency. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, every phone call is, or every meeting that we have is so optimized, as well as I do work from home. So uh, an, an upside to that is uh, I have no commute. So I, I start work at about 7, 8 a.m., start answering and, you know, getting, uh, getting into the day. And then, you know, I'll work till 8, 9 o'clock at night and, you know, just make sure everything is taken care of. But if I need to do something, I can just jump into the studio and just knock it out real quick. It's not like I have to commute to anywhere or anything like that. So there really are no excuses. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm literally working seven days a week uh, to make sure stuff's getting done. That's a great uh, thing to bring up. Essentially, startups and founders are, I, I feel like a lot of the times they work from home, right? And, and they uh, pretty much make their, their home their work. So it, it can get complicated. It can be, be difficult to do that because it almost feels like you can never really plug out of, of working. And, and, and I understand that, you know, being passionate about something and wanting to do it 24 seven is, you know, it's what drives you, what makes you happy. Um, but how do you deal with, with essentially, you know, doing other things that you also find joy of, whether it's spending time with your family and, and separating both, right? Because there's, there's obviously like work and then you have your life balance, whatever you want to call it. But how do you find the right time uh, and the right amount of time to, to do each one of those? Like, I, I say this over and over again. Uh, I have no friends. I have literally not a friend on the planet. I just have everyone that I just hustle with and mm -hmm. I just do deals with. And, you know, anyone that gets around me is like, let's do something. You know, let's, let's, uh, let's create something. Let's do something. I'm yeah. like, all right, cool. Let's do it. So like, you know, we just created like a YouTube channel and that's actually with our family. So uh, we're, we have like 60,000 subscribers on that. And it was just something fun that we like to do. So we started shooting videos and now we're getting millions of views on videos on YouTube. So it's like, that's how we kind of have fun is we do things that are, you know, actually beneficial and we make money from everything. So I, I, I don't know how to answer that question. It's like, when I unplug, I, I really unplug. I really go and travel. So we're, we're planning another trip coming up this year. Um, uh, we'll, we'll be traveling for a couple months again. And uh, I, I take a little bit of time out just to, you know, make my calls and make sure everything's going well. But when I unplug, I really unplug because I don't believe in just taking Saturday and Sunday off uh -huh. because I would rather take all my Saturday and Sundays and build them into something really exciting where I can really recharge. Uh, not to say I don't take like a Sunday and, you know, just go to the, just go walk around or just go, you know, uh, do whatever, go to the beach or I live mm -hmm. in Naples. So it's kind of warm down here all the time. It's like 80 degrees yesterday. It's December. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll do whatever. And, uh, that's fine. You know, that's cool. But I would more, much more rather, uh, really unplug once, like once a year and mm -hmm. take three or four weeks and just go and travel and, and just go and see amazing things instead of just doing you know, weekend type stuff. Absolutely. You know, I just think that's a, not a waste of time, but it, it's a waste of time. <laughs> I love how you put that. Um, no, I, I actually agree. And uh, I kind of think the same way of myself, right? I, I feel like I don't have friends. And when I do have something to do, like it's either, oh, let's hop on a mastermind call really quickly and figure things out. Like, well, how can we help each other? But you're still socializing. It's just, 
it's a different type of socializing, I think. And it's just actually, you know, becoming a better person, becoming a better version of yourself at all times, really. And then really figuring out what you can do better, right? Whether it's for yourself or to help people um, or like you, like create a new product, whether it is, you know, and, and with the YouTube channel, you, you're creating content, but you're putting it out there and someone else is enjoying it. Yeah. Um, but I think it's, you know, it's beneficial and in, in a full 360 degree view. Um, and I think that's really cool. And I do want to ask you a little bit more questions. I guess yeah. you can call this personal. Um, yeah. Essentially, it, it sounds like you like to read. Um, yeah. And you have a couple of books back there. I think that's what those are. So I oh, do yeah. ask. Oh, yeah. they're, they're, it's, it's a bookshelf that goes yeah. that way for a while. <laughs> so, yeah. Which one of all of those books um, would you say is like a must read for, for any entrepreneur? Well, definitely there's my book, if we can get a little plug on that. Yeah, let's, um, let's hear it. Yeah, so uh, it's a million dollar plan. And I wrote it in 2015. I actually wrote it in 48 hours. I typed the entire thing. And that was pretty nuts. I, I basically stayed up for two days straight typing it. But it was all of the energy that I would tell my 18-year-old self. So mm -hmm. I created a book for my 18-year-old self to say, this is the thing that you need to you know, focus on in your life. And... Um, you know, do this. So I literally wrote a book for anyone that's just getting started. Anyone that has a dream, a bigger dream of creating something. Awesome. So that's million dollar plan, leveraging technology to scale. So uh, definitely check it out on Amazon. Uh, so yeah, that's the first thing. But from there, there's so many books that I've read and I'm trying to think of which one completely just stands out to me at this moment in time. Um, there are several books on loyalty that I've been reading um, there's, uh, uh, the power of habit. I was reading that and, uh, that just uh, amazing book just, uh, for, uh, for people that are developing software and so forth, uh, to help out with, uh, habit developing, uh, patterns that you can build into your software. Mm -hmm. So it's something actually that I'm trying to do in, in my software. And, uh, there are a couple other books I would have to, uh, obviously, Blue Ocean Theory is one that I definitely highly recommend. Um, that was massive for my business. Um, you know, just understanding that, you know, th there's so much opportunity out there in the world for you and all you have to do is just find it mm -hmm. and it, it's there. So uh, definitely that book and um, uh, some like brand identity and... Uh, exponential organizations, um, just, uh, just a ton of, you know, different organizational type books. Uh -huh. So uh, I went through and found some link that was like the, the top 10 best startup books. I bought all of them and I read them within like a couple of days. So I was like, all right, this is it. This is it. This is it. Uh -huh. So, uh, literally, um, you know, it doesn't matter where you're at in your business. I can tell you first and foremost, uh, I've generated, uh, tens of millions of dollars in revenue and still, I have not learned at all. Yeah. I'm still trying to consume as much as I possibly can. So when I get to the point that, you know, my, my businesses, my products have generated hundreds of millions in revenue, uh, I'm still going to be reading like this. I'm still going to be, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, focused on that. So um, that's a good question, but I'm trying to think of what the best book would be. Yeah, there's, there's tons of books out there. Um, personally, I really enjoyed reading, um, and you probably read it before, The One Thing. Yeah. Um, great book. I think it's important and it really gives you that, uh, clarity, I think, you know, and, and if you don't have that clarity, it helps you gain it because if you don't have a one thing, then the one thing is to find that one thing that, you yeah. know, is gonna make a difference essentially. Um, I do have the power of habit. I've not read it yet. I'm still waiting on my bookshelf. Um, but yeah, there's a ton of books. I think it's a good way to, you know, obviously there are people out there that know more than you and essentially they're all mentors, but you can't get access to every single one of them, but they've written out everything, you know, that, that at least some of the best things that they knew and you can pretty much just absorb all that information and, and apply it yourself. So um, I think reading is something that pretty much any, any person should be doing a lot of. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with you 100%. Um, I, I feel that uh, people today are, are definitely taking those things for granted. And, um, you know, I, I know that the, the people in the, the software and, you know, SaaS startup space, uh, you know, they definitely um, you know, work on a, on a different wavelength as most other people. 
uh, like uh, we, we definitely just kind of operate on, on that different level. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, I, I do feel that so many sa- uh, s- startup companies, uh, their uh, founders are on the right path. However, a lot of the rest of the world is, uh, you know, kind of slower to catch up with us because we're, we're just thinking on, on different levels. You know, we're problem solvers and, you know, we're, we're always solving problems. Our, our brains can't, the problem solving brain can't turn off, right? It's just always, always on. And you always find different things, you know, like literally anywhere you look, like you can find something to either fix or, or do something to make it better, optimize it, whatever you want to call it. Um, but there's always like one thing that can, you know, use a facelift or whatever. Um, the word is. Yeah, it's every day. Every day I'm just solving problems. And uh, that's really all we do is Uh, we're just, we are really just problem solvers Absolutely. uh, in in every sense of the word. So um, I I just love it. I I love doing what I do every day. And uh, I was able to build a business, build multiple businesses around what I really love. So Mm -hmm. it's, um, it's just wild. Like I would have never thought that this was available. And I talk about that in the book. Um, you know, cause, uh, I'm, I'm a little bit older. I'm, uh, in my, uh, like 35. So, uh, I, I was kind of in this, in school at the same time that a lot of like college and a lot of these startups started coming out and, uh, like the beginning of Google. I mean, that was, uh, like when I was in high school mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, then Facebook was developed while I was in college and, you know, some of these things really started emerging, uh, uh, you know, MySpace and all those uh, things started emerging coming out of like my college years. And I was thinking to myself, like, where was this checkbox in high school? Like, where was the entrepreneurial checkbox? Right. Because, you know, there were all these jobs that they would lay out at these, you know, career fairs or, you know, whatever, like go to this college, that college, mm-hmm. and like, you know, become a, a plumber, become a, you know, whatever, become this. And I'm like, I don't see the checkbox of yeah. what I want to do Absolutely. on this list. So um, it, it's that thing, you know, if I could go back in time and say, you know, uh, hey, there's something bigger for you. Uh, you need to, you know, go to a, a coding school and start learning how to code earlier and uh, or whatever that thing was. Um, you know, I wish somebody would have tapped me and said, there's a bigger world for you. Yeah. And uh, it's not necessarily going to this college and, and drinking seven days a week. It's uh, something a little bit more than that. So um, I, I wish somebody would have told me that early yeah, on. Absolutely. And with so many things going on, what are some of the biggest challenges that you find yourself coming across? Uh, in terms of with um, business? Yeah. Or, business. Yeah. Um, some of the biggest challenges really come down to uh, just finding good loyal staff because I feel like a lot of people want to, uh, you know, uh, just monkey bars and just one job to the other, mm-hmm. to the other, to the other. And the one thing that I hire for is I hire for loyalty and longevity. So a lot of the people that I actually have started hiring are coming out of my academy, actually. So they're coming up through my training and they reach out to me and say, Matt, I, I don't want to build my own business. I just want to work for your company. So, uh, will you, will you come in? So I'm able to go in and mm-hmm. see they actually watched the videos and did the work and, you know, went through the training and if they prove it to me, which is a lot easier than doing three interviews and saying like, yeah. Oh, prove it to me. If you proved it to me over a couple of months of actually going through the training, like I'll hire you. And so I feel that, um, loyalty is, uh, is one of the most important things. And, uh, you know, having the staff that, believe in your mission. So uh, that's, that's one of the things that we're hiring based upon. And uh, my lead project manager is my brother and uh, my wife works for the company full time. And uh, actually I have other family members that work for the company and so forth. So I've just basically been hiring up my entire family and (laughs) anyone that I trust to uh, come in and work for our company. And then we have our developers and they just prove it to me day in, day, day out that um, they do exactly what they say they're going to do. And then they go over and above. So they've been working for me for over a year now, this, this group that I'm working with now. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're full-time dedicated to us. This isn't that they work for another company. Right. Uh, they are full-time staff members of our company. So it's, um, it's just really exciting. It's really exciting to find people who are loyal and passionate towards your mission 
And if you can sell people on your mission and get people to, you know, uh, embrace your mission, the most uh, exciting thing happens in your business. Mm -hmm. And that's when your staff members start interviewing and hiring new staff members without you even being involved. So that's like machines, building machines that build machines, Mm -hmm. which is the most exciting thing in the world because I I literally don't even have to interview anyone anymore. Uh My staff is actually interviewing people. And that's when you're really on the the, And they're already pre-qualified because a lot of them are coming from the course. So yeah, that's awesome. A lot of people come from our courses and, uh, you know, we're we're growing in in that regard. So it's, uh, you know, I just feel like when it's the, you know, visionary that is explaining to the prospect the vision of the business, that's one thing, right? It's like, oh yeah, of course he's sold on his own, on his own uh, uh, Kool-Aid, right? You know, he's the one that made it, right? But on the other side, you know, my staff members are the ones out there and I get to listen to them passionately pitch the business and passionately Mm -hmm. pitch my vision. And that's what's the most exciting thing in the world. And um, you, you just have to build to that point. And the, the staff members that don't have the vision and don't live the vision, um, you just have to, you know, sorry, uh, yeah. you know, we're, we're you know, going in a different direction. Our, our, our core values are more important than, you know, mm-hmm. staying on board. That's awesome. That's awesome feedback. And I think it's definitely something that people have to start looking into. And that's actually one of the things that hasn't really been brought up um, on the podcast is, you know, staff and loyal uh, employees. And and I think, I don't, I'm not entirely sure if the reason for this is because a lot of them are smaller companies that aren't necessarily, you know, up to, to that speed where they need full blown staff uh, in house yeah. and things like that. But essentially that is extremely important, especially <clears throat> I think in the SaaS industry, because yeah. a lot of the people that are going to join you, they, they have the same mentality as you, right? So they, yeah. they kind of want to go in, gain experience, see how you're doing everything, and then branch off, start their own thing. Um, so I think it's definitely important finding the right people for the right, the right job and, and making sure that they're happy too, obviously, right? Um, yeah. that's, that's one of the biggest things when it comes to actually hiring people and having a loyal staff is making sure that they're comfortable and, and pushing themselves because, <clears throat> excuse me, the moment someone stops really like testing, you know, what they can do and, and really challenging themselves, I think that's where I've seen in the past where they become complacent and not really, you know, wanting to do anything more. They're comfortable, but they're not, you know, they're, they're not growing. They're not really doing anything. Um, and they're, more of a burden on the company because they're not trying to, to find new things or solve new problems and things like that. So, yeah, you're um, absolutely right. And, and they don't get my time cause I don't have any. So, um, you know, they, they're only working with my project managers and that actually is something that I had a conversation last week. Uh, cause we did a quarterly review and I didn't even do it. Uh, one of my managers did, my brother did. And that's what I asked him, you know, when he did the follow-up with me and I said, um, you know, what they say, are they happy with their work? And he's like, oh yeah, totally happy. I'm like, what is the one thing that he feels that he could be doing better in our company? Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I didn't ask him that. I'm like, well, you have to ask him because what is the one thing that he feels that mm-hmm. he should be doing better in the company? And that's what will identify so much is when you put, um, when you put that responsibility on them. And then they take on their own responsibility to say, mm-hmm. this is what I'm doing, or this is what I need to do better, or this is, you know, uh, the areas of concern or wow. so forth. You have them do their own uh, assessment. Absolutely. And when they start assessing their own performance, that's when, you know, you really find the true answers. Um, and, and it's not necessarily the check writer asking a question. It's uh, somewhat of a peer that mm-hmm. is uh, uh, slightly superior when they're asking uh, uh, and, and I mean, we don't, we don't really have like a whole, you know, peer, we don't have a whole like structure in terms of, you know, Oh, Matt's, uh, Matt's the boss, you know, whatever. Um, everyone, everyone has equal say in this company, um, when it comes to ideas. Uh, but you know, the check writer does get the, mm-hmm. the final say when it comes to, uh, ideas and so forth. But, uh, in terms of everyone, everyone, like, I'm like, please come forward with ideas. If you yeah. don't have ideas, you're fired. 
literally, <laughs> I, I will fire you for not having ideas. Uh, I will fire you for all these things because that's part of our core values is mm-hmm. you always have to bring forward ideas. And um, that's how a company grows is yeah. from everyone bringing ideas forward and finding ways to make things better. So um, I, even when people are doing their reports or you know, showing me something or uh, presenting a problem, the first thing I say is, how do you think we should handle this? Yeah. And it's like, I think I, we should handle it this way. If it makes sense to me in any way, shape or form, I say, do it, mm-hmm. do it. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to dictate this. Do yeah. It. So that's how we run our company. And it's important giving people, you know, some control, like you said, essentially they're going to be assessing themselves and, and, and that's going to help them push themselves because even though not everyone wants to be CEO or run a company because of everything that comes with that, um, I still think that people find a, a, some sort of fulfillment when they have, you know, the right to do something that they think is right, right? Yeah. And essentially, some of the people that are working more in the trenches, they're, they're looking at different things than everyone else. I mean, yeah. for example, you're looking at a 30,000 foot view of the company, right? And, and you're not so much in every single detail, but the employees and the people that are working more on a day-to-day basis on, on more minute details, they can see yeah. everything. And the perspective might be very different from what you're able to see from a different point of view. And some oh, of yeah. the things they have will probably Especially, make more sense. Yeah right? Than something that you bring up or or something like that. So I think it's important for, um, you know, for everyone to be able to say something and, and, and bring things to the table. And it just gives them that fulfillment that they need to, to, to be driven, uh, driven and to actually do, you know, their job. Yeah. Especially in user experience, because, you know, they're so deep in the user experience that it's like, oh, we should do this. I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to take the time to go and figure out the entire user flow. So yeah. if you feel it, you feel it. And yeah. that's what it is that it should be. So I just let them run with it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's, that's what's helped us really progress because when I was being controlling early on, like, oh, I know best, you know, I'm the only one here that's, you know, run a multi-million dollar company. I know best, um, you know, stuff wasn't getting done. And that's why it costs like $60,000 to build uh, dollar website club, which was the first platform. It, it cost way too much money. It probably should have only cost 20, 25,000 to build mm-hmm. that platform and it ended up costing almost double. Why? Because I was being controlling and I probably shouldn't have been. Mm-hmm. So our software gets done faster. Now everything gets, you know, developed in a lot speedier, uh, uh development and agile development. And, uh, it's me not being controlling and not bringing, 10 different changes when they're showing me one thing that they fixed and let me give you 10 more features to add. So I'm just like, Hey guys, let's go, let's do it. You know, the overall vision, you know, their core values, you know what we're doing, you know, the USP let's go, let's make it happen. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And, uh, yeah, I think it's been a great conversation. Uh, I appreciate it. Thank you. To the, to the 30 minutes here and I do have to hop on another one after this. Um, but keep it going, man. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking with you. Do you have any questions for myself? Do I have questions for you? Yeah. Um, that's a good question. Out of all the people that you've interviewed so far, right? Um, what would you say is the most insightful thing that you've heard from all of them? I think the, the thing that stood out to me the most so far, and this is from a personal point of view is that I've never really thought about doing um, things that don't scale. And this was brought up and and he mentioned it. And uh, it really, it really stood out to me because it makes sense, right? And it it comes down to um, user experience and, and a lot of different points of a company, essentially, where you have to be there personally to make a relationship happen. And that's really what all business, I don't care, you know, what kind of um, how you want to look at it, every single business, every transaction is a relationship from, from one point of view, right? So um, whether you're shaking someone's hand or giving someone your credit card information, whatever it may be, it's always going to be a relationship. And I think being able to put, you know, a face or a voice to, to transactions is extremely important. Um, and really building relationships is going to help you decrease churn, uh, increase loyalty. It's going to help you understand more about what the people want from the product, um, what they expect from the product and things like that. And it's really just going to make everything better. I think, right. We're all humans. We need 
interaction with one another. And I think uh, with products and things like that, people try to automate everything so much that sometimes things get missed because there's no personal touch, right? Um, I'm talking more when, when you're facing with, with the actual customer essentially. Right. Um, cause you did bring up some automation and things like that. Um, but I'm, I'm talking more when it, when it's actually you dealing with another customer or with another individual that's part of the organization. Um, I think that talking through things, even though you can't be on the phone all day, right. You can only do it so many times. And I think doing things that aren't scalable and, like he said, it's one of the things that has struck me um, the hardest, I would say. Yeah, it does make a lot of sense. Um, uh, I've seen it firsthand. Uh, we had a business owner that the uh, customers, we, we ended up signing up like 5,000 customers, right? And the average customer was uh, $150 per visit. We had people visiting about uh, three times uh, per quarter and so forth. So pretty profitable business, right? Mm-hmm. And um, we started seeing a decline in the uh, retention of the customers as the business owner stopped going into the location. So it was a physical location, mm-hmm. uh, one-on-one with customers, and we were seeing uh, a decline in customers and activity. All of the marketing was increasing, and we were seeing the customer retention decrease mm-hmm. because uh, they were trying to duplicate themselves into their uh, staff they were unable to duplicate themselves and therefore the customer was not quite connected to the uh, business because of the business owner. Uh-huh. And uh, I saw it firsthand. I mean, I was running the advertising for it. I'm like, this makes no sense. Yeah. Um, you know, our advertising costs are actually improving. Our cost per customer is improving, but uh, the customers were not coming in and the customers were not connecting with the uh, business anymore because uh-huh. the business owner took a step out uh, to try to duplicate themselves. So, uh, it was way too early and, um, you know, you just can't do it like that. You can't, you can't take a step out of your business before it's, you know, uh, a snowball down the mountain. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, then it doesn't really matter. It's a snowball down the mountain. Right. Exactly. And it can be applied to many different things, right? Like you said, when, when you're going on vacation and you're traveling and you still make the time to make those calls with the team and things like that. I mean, you could do a lot of different things, right? Where you can, blast off an email to pretty much everyone or you can spend a couple of minutes on the phone call and and the phone call is going to be a a lot more insightful um just because you're going to get tone of voice you can get you know a lot from just listening to someone's voice um whether someone's concerned um if someone sends an email uh i could type literally anything right and then send it to you and you get it for what it is it's just going to be some plain text really no emotion with it and if I get on the phone call with you, you can hear if, if maybe something that's not so positive is going on, you can hear that in my voice, right? You can fear, you can hear yeah. fear or, you know, whatever it may be. So I think there's, there's definitely a place and time uh, for everything, but I do think that doing things that, that aren't scalable is, is something that like you, like, you know, to answer your question, that's what's struck me um, so far. Yeah, no, no, you're definitely, you're definitely right on that. Um, a lot of people, when they get upset, they just find me on Facebook and they know that I'm going to respond uh, the, the best I can. So, um, you know, when it does get to the point that I'm unable to manage my own Facebook account, mm-hmm. um, at this point in time, I probably get between my emails and everything, probably 2000 messages, a thousand to 2000 a day. So it's pretty ridiculous. That's but not a spam. No, no. I mean, a lot of it's like customer inquiry. Yeah. So, uh, I, I, I look at every single customer inquiry because I have all the email boxes. But then what I do is I automate the process to send it into our customer service, Mm -hmm. but everything is still there that I can go and double check all the emails and all the correspondence. So every customer service for everything all comes through me still. Mm -hmm. I don't bottleneck it. I'm just there to watch it. So what I'll do is I'll just, you know, pull some open when I'm on a call or whatever and just, just, you know, give a little look to make sure everything's okay. If I see anything in there or see a name pop up, I, I have some pretty uh, high-end clients and so forth as, you know, we work with coaches and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I have some people in our network that have thousands and millions of people in their network, right? So I need to make sure that we're handling things correctly. So what I'll do is I'll tag some of those people in my inbox. And just if something pops up from like somebody like that, one of our... VIPs, I'll jump in and give that service. So, um, you know, for example, 
if I was completely, to, to lend back to your point, if I was completely hands off, I wouldn't do any of that. I have customer service staff. That's what I'm paying them for, right? So, um, you know, I would just say that's what customer service is for, but I don't even do that. I still will jump into the tickets mm-hmm. and uh, I, I went in and closed out two tickets today for yeah. uh, customers. And, um, you know, it, it's, I'm not ever really going to be above that, but mm-hmm. I guess there will be a point in time when I just can't, I physically can't even do it anymore. Right. And uh, when it does get to that point, then I'll, uh, I'll pass that along the best I can. But if somebody messages me and says, you know, Matt, this is, uh, you're totally missing the boat. I mean, I'm definitely going to come back and yeah, try yeah. to fix it, you know? Absolutely. Um, yeah. So that was, you know, the, the, the main thing that I've gotten out of these podcasts and really, um, I feel like at the beginning of the podcast, I was a little bit, you know, I guess scared of putting myself out there and really, you know, showing like, I'm not showing myself, but just, putting, putting stuff out there, right. There's always fear that comes with things, but I like to put myself on, on, you know, um, out of my comfort zone. So I went ahead and did it. And and when I say I'm going to do something, I'll do it. But one of the coolest things about this is that I feel now I have friends pretty much all over the world. Um, and I've gone to meet some really, really cool people like yourself and, you know, pretty much everyone else that I've talked to. So it's been awesome awesome so far, um, honestly, and I appreciate, you know, Everyone in the industry is crazy busy. It sounds like you have your schedule pretty much to a T on, on, you know, when you have to do things and things like that. So I'm extremely appreciative, um, you know, of you taking the time out of the day and to hop in this interview with me. And uh, yeah, man, it's been, it's been great. Yeah. I thought I was going to get a half day shutting down at 8 PM. So uh, I, th- I thought I was like, ah, oh, I'll just shut down the computer now. So I, I yeah, but no, it, it's cool. Uh, it is what it is. One yeah. of these days, you know, I'll get to the point that, you know, I get to spend maybe three months traveling instead mm-hmm. of one month. And, um, you know, maybe that's a big thing, but yeah. you know, we'll have kids eventually. And I made the promise that when we do have kids, I'm going to go from, uh, 40 hours. Uh, I'm, I'm working about 50 hours a week now. Mm-hmm. I was at 80, which was ridiculous when yeah. we were building my credits and doing the agency at the same time. <clears throat> it was just insane. So I got up to 80 hours a week. Now we made a ton of money. I mean, we were making hand over fist money back then. And, uh, but it funded every single thing that we did. So, you know, there was a, there was a reason for it. There, uh, it's justified. Right. But, um, I promised my wife now, uh, but when we were engaged to say, when we get married, I'm going to go down to 50 hours and I've, I've held to it. Mm-hmm. So I told her when we have kids, I'm going to go down to 20, uh, 20, 30 max. So, um, uh, so forth. So I made that promise. I'm going to have to deliver. So that's going to have to be sometime in the next year or so. (laughs) And, uh, I'm going to have to whittle down my hours even further. Awesome, man. That sounds exciting. Uh, congratulations too on, on the wedding. It sounds like it was pretty recent, right? Yeah, it was just in, uh, August. So it was, uh, three, three months ago, uh, last week. So yeah, we got married in Italy. It was pretty wild. So we never thought, you know, uh, broke Matt, not knowing where his yeah. place was in the world, uh, you know, being able to take his family to Italy and, and getting to enjoy that with everyone, uh, uh, friends and family. Like it, it's just, it's incredible. Like this business that we build as software, as problem solvers, we're able to live the most incredible life, mm-hmm. uh, lifestyles and lives and everything. And, um, you know, get to make good money doing it if, if you're good at what you do. Yeah. So um, it, it's just incredible. I'm just totally blessed to be able to live this life and do this thing and, and share it with so many people and hopefully inspire some other people uh, watching your podcast and uh, listening to uh, uh, take action and take action on their dreams. Definitely. And uh, yeah, I, like I said, again, appreciate the time and uh, I'll definitely have to check out your book. I'm actually going to go and take a look at that right now. So anyone you else? Love it. Good, you good. Love it. No. Dollar plan. I, got the I, I saw that. I figured that's what that said. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. So, and, yeah, I absolutely loved it. I love doing the book and I need to do some more, but uh, all in good time, software, and then get back to writing books. Awesome. All right, Matt. Well, thank you so much for being on here with me today. And uh, again, I appreciate the time and it's always very cool getting to know more people like yourself and understanding where you come from, what you do and just you know anything everything that it takes to to get to you know where you're at right now and what comes after that right and uh 
So uh, again, thank you. Where can people find you online? Uh, just, you know, find me on Facebook, Matt Ganzak, G-A-N-Z-A-K. Uh, you can hop on my website, mattganzak.com or uh, whatever, all over the place. Yeah. Awesome. And you can find myself on pretty much Instagram. That's really the only place I do anything. It's camacho.ftm and phantom.agency. And uh, make sure you check that out. And if anyone is a SaaS founder and wants to be on the podcast, make sure you let me know, join the group and uh, we'll see you around. Thank you, Matt. Awesome. Thank you. Bye-bye.